Good morning, everybody. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh, it's so good to see all of you. Would you turn in your Bibles to the book of Malachi? That is the last book in the Old Testament. So turn there. We are going to be studying and looking at the book of Malachi. And I heard a joke that if you're Italian, you could pronounce it Malachi. And have you heard that? If you're from the inner city, you could pronounce it Malachi. <laughs> I was cracking myself up all week. So hopefully I will say it right. The book of Malachi, turn there in your Bibles. The name Malachi means messenger. And I believe I have a message for us today, here in this time, here in this place, from the book of Malachi. I will ask us to open ourselves up to the Holy Spirit and what he will have us uh, to learn from him today. But I think it's going to be three things. Uh, something about the how we are broken. All of us are broken, fractured in our lives and how the Lord wants to repair us. And then finally, we'll talk today about how the Lord will make us fully whole. And I think in the news today, in the world that we live in today, I keep hearing mental health, mental health, mental health. Like, how are we doing? Anxiety, depression, mental health, mental health, mental health. And today's message will be for us, and it will be a message that we get to carry to a world that so desperately needs to hear about mending, being mended, and being made whole in the Lord, even though we have uh, fractures and brokenness in our life. So turn to the book of Malachi. We are skipping ahead one week and it's for a reason. So we should be on the book of Zechariah if we are following all 12 prophets all the way through. But we're taking a break from Zechariah to talk about it next week because next week in the church history calendar is Palm Sunday. And Zechariah has this beautiful passage in Zechariah chapter 9 about the coming king. Behold, look, he's riding on a donkey. And that's exactly what we celebrate. Jesus riding into Jerusalem on a donkey and the palm branches that are laid down. So we will save that book for next week, Palm Sunday. And if next week is Palm Sunday, the week after that is... Easter Resurrection Sunday is upon us. So we will, just as far as announcements go, we will go to two services, 9 and 11 on Easter Sunday. And if you're someone who kind of attends here regularly, we would love you to kind of take that Sunday to be a host. We would love your help. There's opportunities to serve, to, to come early, to clean up, the, to in between that service, kind of reset things. We always have opportunities with our kids' ministry downstairs. To do that, you kind of need to uh, uh, fill out an application application and, and survive a background check to work with the kids. But we would love to have you. There's opportunities to serve in this church. We have a mission in the world. We have a mission in Manitou Springs. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay, so Palm Sunday, Easter Sunday, and then after that, we will do baptism. So that will be April 11th. So if you're interested in getting baptized, come talk to me. I would love to have that conversation with you and walk with you to, to baptize you in three weeks from now. If you've been baptized as a baby, if you were baptized as a kid, if you've never been baptized, if you've been baptized and this is like a time of rededication in your life, then I would love to be a part of that conversation of what baptism looks, looks like for you in the upcoming weeks. Okay. So I see how I worked in announcements into Zechariah and Malachi's. Uh, I try to be really smooth about that. But 
Turn in your Bible to Malachi chapter 3. We are going to look at a dialogue between God and his people. In fact, the whole book of Malachi is one dialogue after another. God with his people. And it's kind of like an interesting dialogue where God says something and the people are like, no, 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 no. We don't do that. We've never done that. No, 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 no. You got it all wrong. And God says, well, actually, that's what's happening here. But I have a solution for you. And so if you would, uh, would you turn to Malachi chapter 3? Would you stand? I'm going to read verses 6 through 12. This is the word of the Lord. Malachi 3, 6 says, I, the Lord, do not change. Amen. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time your ancestors have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them, return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. Amen. But you ask, how how do we return? Will a mere mortal rob God, yet you rob me? But you ask, how are we robbing you? And then a famous, uh, relatively famous for the Old Testament minor prophets passage In tithes and offerings, you are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be found, uh, may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. See if I not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Verse 11, I will prevent pests from devouring your crops. The vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. This is the word of the Lord. People of God said, thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord, it seems like this passage is saying you want to bless us. Lord, you're you're calling out our fracturedness, our brokenness. But Lord, at the center of that is not just to point a finger. At the center of that is for you to bless us, that we might turn to you, be healed. We might return to you, and you would return to us, as this passage says. So, Lord, we praise you. We worship you. Lord, we love you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all God's people, shouted! Wow, you did. Okay. All right. Amen. You may be seated. Let me get into some church history, some Bible history, some Old Testament history to kind of get our context on the book of Malachi. I realize I'm about to lose some of you as soon as I go into dates and times and what's going on. So don't let me lose you. Let me present to you this as a nerd alert. (laughs) I see some new faces that I don't know what's going on either. It's, It's weird. Um, no, we do that, so just kind of wake you up. So it, it, let me get into, so you can handle this because we are now 11 weeks into this series. We've been talking about history all along, and so this is just kind of a continuation. So the people of God, Israel, Judah, living in Jerusalem, they are not serving the Lord. They're wandering away from the Lord. They are serving idols. They are worshiping uh, created things instead of the creator. And God kind of gives them a warning. He says, guys, you need to get your self acting correctly. And we see this throughout the minor prophets, various minor prophets. Give them warnings. Guys, come on, come back to the Lord. They don't. So the Lord gets their attention by allowing the Babylonian, the Assyrian armies to destroy their land. And we read some of the accounts of this in the Minor Prophets. The, the, t- the temple is destroyed. People are carried away into captivity. They are there in Babylonia for a time, and then they get to come back. And so last week, we talked about the book of Haggai. Raise your hand if you were here last week in person. Look at all these things. People made it here in the storm. It was crazy. I know. Thanks for being here. If you watched online, if you're watching now, thank you for watching online. That's kind of 
one of the reasons why we have an online service as well. But we talked about Haggai. Do you remember Haggai? If you were watching last week online or here in person, Haggai said, people, you're building your houses, you're building things, you're building nice houses, but you haven't yet started rebuilding the temple. Rebuild the temple. And guess what happens? The people do. And so now fast forward, everything should be wonderful. The temple's rebuilt, the people are back in the land, people are living well. It should be like Christmas time. Everything is great, right? And yet, what happens around Christmas time? Is everything great around Christmas? Well, some things are, sometimes, you know, there's exciting things, but usually every Christmas this happens, usually like depression, anxiety is on the rise around Christmas. People realize things are not okay. And what the book of Malachi presents is that things are not okay. The people have been exiled. They've been warned. They're back. Everything should be great. And it's not. People are turning away once again from the Lord. And so there's three things here, three points of this sermon. The first one is pointing out the brokenness in the people of God. The second one is, is how do we mend our relationship with the Lord? How do we mend our lives? And the third one is going to be about wholeness. How do we become truly whole, not just mended? So point number one is this. I worded it as a question. If you're taking notes, write down this. Point one, where is your brokenness before God? Have you stopped and considered that? Have you considered how our lives are fractured? Some of us might quickly be able to answer that. We are self-aware enough to say, well, here's the things I struggle with. Here's the brokenness in my life. Some of you would be quick to answer. Others of you might be like the people in the book of Malachi. They're really not that aware of what's going on. And so the Lord presents to them some things and they have no idea. They, they answer with a question like, how is this possible? And the Lord kind of responds back with another question until they get it. There's six of these kind of dialogues in the book of Malachi. And the first one is just God saying, I love you. Turn to Malachi chapter one, verse one, it just says a prophecy, the word of the Lord to Israel through Malachi. I have loved you, says the Lord. Seems like a great start, right? Just the Lord saying, I love you. And how do the people respond? But you ask, how have you loved us? Like they'd be right away. He gets, they get into an argument with God. You've never loved us. And God will go on to say, well, Jacob and Esau, I have loved you. Look at the history of where I've been with you and walked with you. It reminds me, and I only steal this from Brett Davis. He's our associate pastor. He's today speaking at New Life East, but he wrote a sermon guide before all the sermons because all the New Life congregations are on the same uh, sermon series we write some sermon guides. I wrote one. He wrote one on this book. And he compares the book of Malachi in how explosive it is in people ready to argue with God. He compares it to an episode, are you ready for this? Of Jerry Springer. <laughs> it's like everything seems to, like they bring out the people, they bring out the husband, they bring, and then it's like they, they, like they just let the eruption erupt and like the chair you know like <clears throat> Jerry Springer is about to get good when people stand up and the chairs get taken away like there is going to be a fight and so what we see here I'm, I'm cracking myself up uh, what we see here <clears throat> is that God says something as simple as I love you and the people erupt how have you loved us they're ready to get into an argument this type of style this book the book of Malachi 
is written in a style called the dialectic style. So it's a dialogue between the people of God and God. And it is, uh, another way to put it is this could be kind of like the Socrates of the Old Testament because it's, it's God answering questions with more questions. What we see here to quickly go through the whole book. So stick with me for just a second. Uh, I'm going to present all six, five, six, um, dialogues between the people of God and God. The first three are the people of God kind of being confronted with like their brokenness. Like God is just pointing out, you guys are broken. But it's not just to point out a brokenness. It's actually to say, well, here's how to mend that brokenness. So the first one is just God saying, I love you. And the people rudely respond, like, how have you loved us? The second one is the Lord coming to them and saying, you have defiled my temple. And in the Old Testament, people would bring sacrifices to the Lord. They would bring animal sacrifices to the Lord. And the sacrifices they were bringing to the Lord were the sick, the lame animals, the animals that Malachi says, you wouldn't even bring this to your governor. It's like, oh no, of course not. I wouldn't bring this to the governor. I would be embarrassed to do so. And the governor wouldn't bring it. And Malachi says, well, then why would you bring it to the Lord? There's a confrontation happening here. They're pointing out that Israel is broken. The third one is this, is saying that the, the, the husbands are divorce, divorcing their wives and following after wives that are worshiping idols. This is a type of brokenness. They're going away from the Lord in seeking and divorcing their current wives. Number four is this, that a messenger is going to come. And we will go back to this at the end of the book of Malachi, because this is a type and shadow of John the Baptist, who is preparing the way for Jesus. The fifth one is this, that the, the Lord is saying that you've robbed me. We read this passage today, just a couple of minutes ago. And the people respond with, so God says, you've robbed me. And the people respond with, how? How in the world? What do you mean? What, you, what this whole thing? Like, I don't know. What are you talking about? They're kind of playing dumb. He's like, well, because you haven't been bringing your tithes and offerings to the Lord. And the Lord says, well, test me in this. Bring it all in and I will bless you beyond. I will, your, your farms and your vats will explode with blessing if you bring your first and best to me. And then the sixth one is just kind of the people giving up. If you look at uh, Malachi 3.14, this last dialogue between Malachi, excuse me, the people of God and God is this. They kind of throw up their hands and say, it's futile. It's worthless to serve the Lord. What good is it anyways to serve the Lord? And the Lord says, well, I am going to send you a messenger, someone who is going to prepare the way for the Lord to make all things right and whole. And and not just amending, but all things whole. So this, we'll go back to this messenger at the end of this sermon and talk about this being a type and a shadow for John the Baptist who will prepare the way for the Lord. So to review here, point one is just this, the brokenness that we have before the Lord. And I really want us to open our hearts, open our minds to like, how would the Lord speak to us this morning, this week, if he opened up and gave us words and, and language to explore our own brokenness? What would we say before the Lord if the Lord presented us with some of these questions? If the Lord said to you, I love you, or if the Lord said to you, you're you're not giving me your all, what would you respond with? Would you respond like the people in Malachi's day? Like, what? What do you mean? I'm doing this. I'm doing this for you. Or would you sit back and say, Lord, tell me more. I want to explore my brokenness so that it can be Mended. I think the Lord here over and over again in the book of Malachi doesn't just point out people and say, you're broken, you're, 
you're, you're this and you're that just to point it out, but he points it out so it can be mended. So point number two is this. How can we mend our relationship with God? Question mark here. How can we mend our relationship with God? Well, Malachi gives a lot of advice. The Lord speaking says what he wants from his people. He wants us to be reminded that the Lord loves uh, us. That, that, that's how the book starts. I love you. And the people don't know what to do with that. It was like, well, how? What do you mean? How? Why? How do you love me? And the Lord reminds them of just how much the people are loved. We are loved. You're loved by God. It's a simple message. But that's part of understanding how to mend our relationship with the Lord, to know that he loves us, to be accepted by him. He goes on to say, don't bring defiled sacrifices sacrifices to the Lord. People are bringing the the things, the garbage. You wouldn't bring this to other people. You wouldn't bring this to the governor. Why are you bringing it to the Lord? Bring to the Lord your best and your first. Chapter two of the book of Malachi says to listen to the Lord, to seek his instruction. Keep bringing those sacrifices. Chapter three of uh, Malachi says, give offerings to the Lord. Don't rob the Lord. We read that passage today. And to fear the Lord in, in a healthy way. Fear the Lord because he's the one in control. He is sovereign. And then that very famous passage that we read already, return to him and he will return to you. If you have a sense of brokenness in your life, give that over to the Lord. Return to him in your brokenness and he will return to you. It goes on in chapter three to talks about a scroll of remembrance, like write down things that you remember and that you are thankful for. Some of you take that literally. I know I'm going to embarrass them, but John Shellhammer, you have every day you write, get up and you write down what you're thankful for, right? It's a, a thankfulness journey. Like that's taking it literally, but think about all the things you're thankful for. Four, it's a wonderful exercise for people experiencing depression and brokenness, anxiety. Well, just like get your mind, get your heart on the things that God has his heart on, which is thankfulness. God is thankful for you. God loves you. Write down, make a scroll of remembrance and things you are thankful for. And then chapter four gets into remember the ways of the Lord. Remember the laws of the Lord and then wait for the Lord. He will make it all Right, And so I'll return to this in a minute when we talk about the messenger who is to come, this prophet in the line of Elijah who will come. But for a minute, let's talk about what we said last week. I made this point last week as well, that the kind of a return to the basics as the people of God, as New Life Manager, I'm looking at all of you now, and wondering, like, some of us need to just return to the basics. Well, what are the basics? Well, for many of us, it's worship, connect, serve. Do we have times in our life where we are worshiping the Lord? Do you make it a habit to gather together and worship uh, in, in, in a community? Do you make it a point to worship on your own? Do you have a daily time for that you present to the Lord, a daily devotional? Uh, it could be in the morning, it could be in the evening, it could be whatever. I could tell you what I do if you're interested. But do you have a daily time with the Lord? Worship. Are you connected? Are you connected with the Lord and to his body? Is there a time where you're connected throughout the week? Do you join a small group? We have small groups. We have a men's group. We have a women's group. There's different meal groups that are a part of this church. We are a part of New Life North and they have lots of different groups for different things. Like this is a part of healing and getting mended before the Lord is devoting yourself to a community because here lies the community of Christ and here is where Christ works. And the third one is to serve. Worship connects serve. Like, do you have a place in your life where you're continually serving? 
Like we really believe that either around here, New Life Manitou, in the city of Manitou, in our city, Colorado Springs, like that we find places to serve, even in a secular sense, you know, the kind of advice you would get if you, you went to someone and said, I'm struggling, all I can think about is my own problems and my own issues, and you're swirling and spiraling in your own self. A lot of times, even in the secular world, you know what people will say? Find a place to serve, like go outside of yourself. And you're like, that doesn't make any sense. I'm struggling. It's all about me, 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 and my problems and my problems. And, and someone from the outside, wise and knowing, might look at you in your life and say, you know what? You would have a lot less problems if you focused your attention on others. Like that's just, that's good secular advice as well as biblical advice as well. Turn ourselves to others to serve. And this whole idea of mending, I think um, I had this picture of like an old pair of jeans that you keep putting patches on and we go about our lives and we find new disarray. We find new fractures in our life. We find new struggles and new sin and we constantly need to mend our lives. We need to fix our lives. Anybody like to fix things like I do? Anybody, any guys, girls too, you like to, like, like cars, anybody car person, like two of you, okay, one, one guy in here, okay, this is, we, we all need to, anyways, I like working on cars, like I, I got a car with my dad, who's downstairs working with the kids right now, um, Back in 1996, it was a 1990 Ford Escort, just like a little, just junky little car. But I got it and I just kept it working, kept it running. I maintained it, did the oil changes, learned how to work on cars. I kept that thing alive until just a couple years ago. Like I was, I had that car for 18 years, just this old car and would maintain it, would mend it, would repair it when it needed to. And I just think about like that portion of my life was just like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep this car for as long as I can, mend it. And I think the Lord is saying those kinds of, like that kind of pattern in our own lives, mend things. You are worth it. Mend, repair, Keep chasing after the Lord. There are things that are broken. Keep mending them. Keep taking, uh, taking good care of yourself and your life and your relationship with the Lord. And it will be fulfilling to you for years and years and years to come. Amen? Amen. The third point is this. Uh, Jesus can make us whole. Not just repaired, but whole. You know, this whole sermon, you could see it as like, oh, are you talking about works or works-based salvation? You need to work your way to heaven, and it's all about you and your strength. And, and me as a pastor, am I just saying try better? Am, am I pointing my finger at you? Like, you need to try better. You need to try harder. And that's not what I'm saying. This third point is the true fulfillment of what I'm saying, and that it's only by Jesus that he can and will make us whole. Can somebody say amen to that? So it's not a matter, I mean, this image of like putting patches and little band-aids on our lives and places, that's good. Keep doing that. We need to mend our relationship with the Lord. We need to keep working out our salvation with the Lord. This is how like we live and we grow, but it's really Jesus himself who will make us whole. Amen again? Amen. Amen. So look at Malachi chapter four. This is the very ending 
of the whole Old Testament. And isn't it beautiful that it like leads us right into a messenger is going to come to prepare the way for the Lord. This messenger person is throughout the book of Malachi. And really here it is at the very end. I'm looking at Malachi 4 verse 4. These are the last few sentences of the whole Old Testament. And it says this, remember the law of my servant Moses, the decrees and laws I gave him at Horeb uh, for all Israel. That's Mount Sinai. So the law was given to Moses. Remember these laws. Remember that what the Lord has for us, his ways, his decrees, his precepts. Remember these things. They are good things to keep and to remember. And then he just knows, like Malachi knows that they're not going to be able to do it and so he's going to send a prophet. And this is interesting because it says, I'm going to send my prophet, uh, verse 5. See, I will send the prophet Elijah, which is interesting because Elijah's been dead for hundreds and hundreds of years now. But he's going to send Elijah, like a type, a shadow, something like a, an Elijah prophet, to you before the great and dreadful day before the Lord comes. And it's great and it's dreadful because the Lord will bring his judgment. And by bringing judgment. He will make all things right. And so it is actually a great day. And verse six, this little phrase here, he will turn this prophet Elijah guy. He will turn the hearts of the parents to the children and the hearts of the children to their parents. Very interesting phrase. And so if we kind of see here that the whole Old Testament is being wrapped up. We are now waiting for this prophet who's going to be like Elijah before the coming day of the Lord. And this phrase, like he will turn the hearts of the parents to their children. It's an interesting phrase. And we see it again. So if you flip a few more pages, you'll be in the New Testament. And in the New Testament starts the story of Jesus and Jesus coming, which is preceded by John the Baptist. And isn't it interesting? If you want to turn there, you can look at Luke chapter 1, verse 17. We usually read this at the Christmas story. This is an angel appearing to the father of John the Baptist saying this, saying about this son you're about to have, because John the Baptist's dad is like, I'm too old to have kids. How is this possible? And says, the Lord will do this. And this little boy, uh, verse uh, 17 of Luke chapter 1, it says, he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah. Well, that's interesting. That's like what Malachi said. To turn the, same phrase, hearts of the parents to their children. There it is again. This is a prophetic announcement that this is the one who was to come. Malachi is saying, here it is. Here it is. You've been waiting for this person, this person and the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to the children, the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous and to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. This is beautiful. I mean, if you don't see it, I, I, don't, I don't know what else I could tell you here this morning. But it's like the whole Old Testament is ending saying, there's going to be, like you're mending your relationship. You're mending, you're putting band-aids on things. The band-aids are falling off. Your life's falling apart. And then you kind of get rebuilt and remended. You're doing okay. And then everything, you know, goes horrible again. And there you go, putting on little band-aids again. But there will be a time where I will make it all right, truly whole, and this coming of the Lord will be preceded by Elijah who will come in and make the, the parents turn their hearts to the children. This phrase is used. It's pretty interesting stuff. Matthew chapter 11, verse 14, Jesus and his disciples are talking about this guy, John the Baptist. And Jesus says something just like this totally nails it right here. If, if there's any doubt about who this John the Baptist is, Jesus says this. And if you're willing to accept it, he, they're talking about John the Baptist, is the Elijah who has come. 
who was to come, like being prophesied about. So here we have this picture of the one preparing the way for who? Well, for Jesus to make all things whole, all things new. This is the miracle of what Jesus can do in our lives. This is the miracle of of being made truly whole. And we look now uh, back at Jesus. Jesus has come 2,000 something years ago. And we, we look at him and say, Jesus is our salvation. And we look forward also knowing that Jesus will be our salvation. He is our savior and he will be our savior. He's made us whole and he will make us whole. There's this phrase that I hear in in talking about these kinds of hopeful things that it's already, but not yet. We are fully healed. We are fully made well already here. Yes, but not yet. He has come and he will come again. I think Malachi is looking at the Old Testament through the lens of like a kaleidoscope, looking at the coming Messiah, knowing that he is coming. And here we are standing in the middle of the kaleidoscope that Jesus has come and he will come again. Jesus is the one who was without sin. He's fully God, the Lord, to make all things right. He was without sin, yet he became sin for us so that God might see the righteousness in us. I'll say that again. This is a quote out of 2 Corinthians 5.21. It says, God sees us as sinless because he who was without sin became sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. You are the righteousness of God. Amen.